have a passion, hobby or expertise and want to share it with the world, why not do a podcast? The PodStation offers a wide range of packages to make this a reality, ranging from training and support for those who have no idea where to begin to podcasters who just need somewhere to host their show. With prices starting at a mere £15 per month, you can now get involved in one of the fastest growing entertainment forms in the world without all the headaches. To find out more, visit thepodstation.co.uk forward slash station dash packages. And remember, those with passion, podcast. You're listening to the Business Spotlight exclusively on the Podstation. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Business Spotlight. My name's Matt Pollard. I'm the owner of the Podstation. Um, this week I have with me um, the GDPR guru that is uh, Ian Sinclair Ford from Data Guardsman. How are we doing, Ian? Fine. Thanks, Mark. And how are you today? This beautiful day. It is. Uh, we're still currently to put it into some sort of t- date timestamp because I'm sure this will go into a history <laughs> capsule at some point of where were you during the lockdown. It is. Yeah. We're we're coming out of the other end of the coronavirus pandemic. We are nearly allowed out of our houses to do whatever we want. We can't at the minute, uh, but we're nearly there, aren't we? Very nearly, thank God. <laughs> so, um, just to if you've never listened to one of these shows before, the idea of the business the spotlight is the the pod station wanted to give businesses an opportunity to promote themselves by showcasing their specific expertise within the fields that they work in. Um, we try and have a different expert in a different field for each episode. So, if you go back, um, you can find us on the podstation.co.uk. You'll find the business spotlight page. You can also find links to all the major podcast platforms where you can then get um, all the previous shows. Um, If you subscribe, it means that every time we drop the latest episode, it should automatically download onto whichever device you use to listen to your podcasts. If you would like to be on the show, you can actually send us an email to spotlight at thepodstation.co.uk and we'll send you all the information out that you can have a look at and then you can uh, let us know what what sort of advice and tips you want to give. And that's predominantly the purpose of this show. It's for our experts to give you some advice, some tips, some pointers, some some fat to chew, um, <laughs> uh, which will hopefully help you in some way. Uh, and hopefully we will be able to do them a favour in return by giving them an opportunity to showcase their wealth of experience. Uh, and in the form of Ian, we have uh, someone with a wealth of experience. Uh, that's not to imply he's super old, because that would just be rude. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but he does have bags of experience in the field of GDPR, which is uh, what we're going to cover today. We're actually going to be a bit more specific about what uh, we mean by GDPR and the benefits of being compliant today, uh, which Ian will explain in a bit more detail in a second. Um, he has been a guest on the Go Fish Marketing Podcast relatively recently. So if you want to check out that show, you'll actually find Ian talking a lot more generically about GDPR, what it is, what the benefits are, what you need to do to be compliant. Uh, we'll probably cross over a little bit, I suspect, in this show uh, to a degree, but it's going to be largely a self-isolated topic. So 
without further ado, having babbled on uh, for far too long already, uh, I'm going to hand you over to Ian. Um, I suppose just very briefly, um, maybe it's worth explaining to anyone listening to this, what we mean by GDPR in the context we're going to be talking about and why it's going to be relevant to the benefits that you're going to then touch on uh, subsequently. Yeah, well, thanks, Mark, for inviting me on to chat about this subject, which, as you know, is close to my heart. Uh, GDPR are those pesky little rules about having to comply with, with rules about having personal data. So uh, most businesses look and go, well, I haven't got any personal data. So you go, well, have you got any customers? You go, yeah, well, in that case, you'll have personal data because you know who they are. You've got their name, address, phone number, email address. Yeah, I've got those things. Then you've got personal data. But they say, but there are only business contacts. Well, they're still people, aren't they? They go, yeah, well, it's still personal data then. So whichever way you look at it, unless you, the only email address you've got is like sales at mybusiness.co.uk. That isn't personal data. Everything else that identifies a human being is personal data. Uh, so that's the first thing I, I think I'd like to get away here, that everyone, every business will have personal data. Otherwise, well, they won't be in business really. Um, so the GDPR, the General Data Protection Regulations, Everyone thinks it's about firewalls and antivirus and protecting data, and that's a very, very small part of it. GDPR is the rules about how you collect data legally, so giving people your privacy notice, the shape of it, the form of what goes into it, what comes out of it, how you can use that data to market or not market or share with people or give to your accountants or lawyers. All these things have to be factored in. How you, how you treat data, how you make sure it's up to date, how you destroy data, all falls within the GDPR, uh, which is part of UK law, is drawn into UK law, well, affected by the regulation itself, but also by the UK's own Data Privacy Act of 2018, which went even further than GDPR, because that also introduced two additional criminal offences, which is you know quite heavy, really, when you think about it. But the, the overall system... Basically, is everything that you have about a human being has to be gathered, controlled, and managed in accordance with these rules. Very simple. The fines for not doing it, as we know, are eighteen million pounds, or four percent of your global turnover, if you're that way inclined, from a lot of offences, which includes collecting data wrongly uh, and also losing data, obviously, and then up to ten million uh, pounds for other offences including not collecting children's data properly. Strangely, they're only half the size, so they're only half the fine. But it's, I know, you shouldn't put it that way, but it's basically where it comes to. But, um, yeah, so every business has to comply is what it comes down to, uh, and most businesses haven't got a clue. So what I'll be talking about today are the benefits of not complying for a change, uh, which might just help businesses through this time. Excellent. So what, what sort of benefits are we talking about specifically today? Money, basically. Um, yeah, I know it's nice to hear, but um, not being GDPR compliant can actually help you get money. Uh, it's, it's a very simple methodology, really. It's a case of when you know when you get to the year, end of the year, you have to put in your accounts, and your accountant does the accounts, and then you end up having to pay HMRC some money called corporation tax. Well, if you're not compliant then the way GDPR works is the second you break the rules, so if you didn't give a privacy notice or you didn't give in the right form or the right shape or the right content, then you have instantly given that person a claim against your business. Now, if we just establish the claims about a £1,000, 
I should say it's a thousand pounds. So if you picked up 50 customers in the month, you've also picked up 5,000 pounds worth of potential claims. Now, what the accounting rules say is, well, I should put some money aside to meet those claims as and when they come through. Now, most businesses haven't been doing that because they haven't been aware that they've been giving everyone all these claims. So when your accounts have been going in, you should have a line in there saying a provision for, for potential claims. So you put in £50,000 in potential claims, that probably reduces your taxable profit to zero. Therefore, the amount of corporation tax you should have been paying to zero. But you've been paying £10,000, £15,000 of corporation tax, which you shouldn't have been paying. So what this what this means is you have to redo your accounts for the last year or two and say, right, we'll put this provision in to say, well, actually, in the last two years, we picked up 500 customers. So you need to put in 500,000 pounds of provisions. You have to do a bit of a tweak on it to do risk-weighted, but that's to do with a very specific accounting standard. And part of what we do is do those risk calculations. Is you put that provision through your old accounts, work out the corporation you should have paid or not paid, and then reclaim all the corporation tax that you shouldn't have paid. So if you paid £20,000 corporation tax and you shouldn't have, we can claim back £20,000. So by the time you finish it, you could be claiming £20,000, £40,000 straight back into your account. Wow. Is it not an admission of guilt by factoring these things into your accounts? Because you are effectively saying that you're not GDPR compliant. Well, it's like all provisions you make for potential claims. So you might enter a contract with me today, and in a year's time, one of us breaks it. Then six months later, we instruct solicitors, and two years after that, let's be honest, they issue proceedings. <laughs> you know, so in a few years' time, and I'm a lawyer, I can say this. So in a few years' time, there's a claim come along, and you have to think, okay, well, am I going to win or lose this? I'm going to lose it. How much is it going to cost me? I have to put a provision. It's just the same as that, really. It's like, like you put a big line in your account going, we're not GDPR compliant. You just put a line of provisions in there. If you want to put a note in, you can. You know, It's up to you how your accountants address how to describe the provision, but it's better, I think, to have money in the bank than not, um, especially these days. And if you become GDPR compliant, so if following on from this, perhaps people aren't as GDP compliant as they could be um, and they take the steps that you've suggested, if they then take steps to rectify those issues to become GDPR compliant, will they then have to sort of retrospectively pay back the rebates that they've received or is that something that will sit in abeyance because there is still a risk that those claims might f come to fruition? Well, th this is the interesting thing, uh, really, once you put a provision in and got your overpaid corporation tax back, um, well, what do you do with it? Because basically you're saying, okay, we could have claims from against us, which you could, but now you've got, you know, 20, 30, 40,000 quid sitting there, which A, you know, let's be honest, will help you through this particular period. Uh, and B, if, if it's enough money, it might allow you to go and buy some other businesses which are failing when you come out the other side and grow your business more. So it could have a, you know, a nice opportunity, uh, arise out of you getting this money and depending on how much it is but once you put that line in your accounts what you should do is then try to work to make your business gdpr compliant you know for its own sake because that then pre prevents any future or further claims arising so if you can deal with the, the non-compliance issues now then you're not giving any more claims away 
But if you continue to be non-compliant and continue to get customers, you're continuing to get claims lining up against you. So you're continuing to have to increase the amount of provisions, which, you know, isn't a good position to be in really. No business really wants to be in that position. So what you should do is work towards becoming compliant. Then as you become compliant, the risk of those claims reduces. So what you then do is say, okay, well, in two years' time, say, well, we've only had two or three claims and we've had the money there to pay them, which is great. But now we've got all this, you know, 20, 30,000, whatever it is sitting there. Well, I'd quite like that to come back into my pocket. So you can, it's what's called releasing the provision because you make an assessment that the risk has reduced because you've become compliant. So you say, okay, well, we've become 50% compliant. So the risk has reduced by 50%. So I can I put half of that back into the profit. So you increase your profits, you can take more dividend. Okay, you have to pay a bit more tax, obviously, because you made more profit. But you can also take the money back into your own pocket as dividend or pay or whatever it is you want to take it out as. So yeah, it, it comes back in. But uh, hopefully by that time, the business is back and running again. Okay. How do people figure out whether or not it might be a provision that they can include in their accounts. What factors do they need to look out for that might give them a clue that this is something that might apply to them? <laughs> or should they just okay, go well, and get some advice? Yeah, uh, well, the first thing is to acknowledge that they're probably not GDPR compliant. <laughs> I mean, most businesses most businesses think, oh, yeah, I've put a privacy notice in my website or whatever, so I'm covered. No, you're not. I'm sorry, but if you borrowed someone else's, you really are not compliant. Um and it's far more to being compliant than just ripping off someone else's privacy notice. So it's, it's funny. We've reviewed quite a few businesses now, and a couple of them have been, I won't say arrogant, but smug is probably a better word, saying, oh, yeah, we're compliant, but, yes, we'll let you review us anyway. So we've reviewed them, and one, we found that they could make provisions of one and a half million pounds because they wow. really weren't compliant. Uh, one um, managed to reclaim 16,000, and another one, which is part of a network, uh, put in a claim for 65,000. And these people thought they were compliant. Number four, I'm sorry, it's, it's one of those things where you're not compliant. And the sooner you recognize that, the better. So, you know, once, once, once you engage us to review your position, what we do is we send you some questions, just straightforward business questions about your business, nothing else, which you answer. And then we analyze your answers and say, well, we find you're not compliant here, you're not compliant here, you're not compliant there. These are low risk, these are high risk, these are medium risk. And the way the, the accounting works is we've developed a risk-weighted method with a good firm of accountants. We plug it into that and then that tells us how much, first of all, how much your provisions should be and how much corporation tax you can get back. Wow. Stunned yeah. silence. It's quite fun. <laughs> it does sound very much like it would be of benefit to get some expert advice from people. I mean, largely these shows tend to try and encourage elements which people might be able to do themselves. But it's it is quite a complicated area, isn't it? There's a lot to it. I mean, the fact there that you've just described what sounds like some big companies. I mean, certainly if you've got 1.5 million pound provision scope within your accounts, one would suspect they're not a small outfit. Um, and they thought they were compliant. And there's so many different facets. And as you say, if there's a privacy policy on your 
your website doesn't necessarily mean that you're complying. It doesn't necessarily mean that the contents are correct. Um, some of the, the steps you may have legitimately taken, believing that they make you compliant, don't then make you compliant. And actually, you might be able to factor these provisions into your accounts without even realizing it. Well, that, that's it. I mean, it's funny. I, I started in data privacy in 1998 when the original, well, the second act came out. Um, and when I went off consulting in 2007, I think there were maybe five other people in the UK who did it. But it's funny, on the run-up to GDPR, there were thousands of experts all of a sudden overnight saying, yeah, we'll see if you're compliant and give you a certificate saying you're compliant. Well, I'm sorry that most of those certificates, in my view, aren't worth the paper they're written on. Um, so unfortunately, there's a lot of businesses think they're compliant, and they really aren't. Now, they may think, oh, well, that doesn't matter. Well, it does really. You know, I mean, right now, you can actually use that to protect your business and make sure it's still here next year. Um, but the other thing is when you come to sell it in a year or two's time, the lawyers who act for buyers are just beginning to realize that not being compliant puts these liabilities into a company. Um, just, just a quick example of uh, Marriott Hotels bought another group of hotels in 2014. Lies was that criminals were in the, the systems of the hotel chain sucking out the data. It's not always about ransomware. It's not always about here's a big skull and crossbow saying, ha ha, we've got you, give us some money. A lot of these criminals gently suck the data away, your names, your addresses, your customers, their credit card details, their passports, anything of interest. They just gently suck it away. You don't even notice. And neither did Marriott when they bought this, this hotel chain. Unfortunately, after GDPR came in, Marriott's IT people eventually noticed it. They were, they were then hit with a 99 million pound fine by the ICO. But wow. that's, that's the least of their worries, really. When millions of customers realize that their name, their address, their email address, their passport, their credit cards have all been gently stolen, they're going to be suing Marriott for an awful lot of money. And that's reality. So it's the same position when you collect data and you haven't done it properly. Every time you collect data improperly, you're putting a thousand pound minimum liability on, on the value of your business. So it's reducing the value of your business. So you might work for the next 10, 20 years thinking you've done really well. And in fact, all you've done is destroy the value of your business when you come to sell it. So it doesn't make a lot of sense not to want to become compliant because you're enhancing the value of your own business. And GDPR is a relatively, well, <laughs> it's a relatively new concept to most people. The new rules which came in a couple of years ago are probably the yeah. first time that, that the, the vast majority of the business community will have been aware of their existence uh, never mind the introduction of the new legislation that that came about the the fines which have been implemented by the uh, information commissioner seem to have been largely aimed at bigger companies as opposed to smaller ones and if you listen to the goldfish episode you explain that they have a certain limiting capacity to to actually deal with the volume that actually might be out there right now yeah. um with that being the case is a lot an awful lot of the gdpr sector universe the new rules which are relatively untried and untested um there are lots of theories about things which haven't yet been 
well, the tyres haven't been kicked to find out whether or not it's correct or true or whether the doomsday sayers are correct or whether the people who are acting blasé about it are right to be relaxed. Um, with this 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 rebate concept, has this been properly tested? Has this been successful? Is this something that we can say, actually, the HMRC have said, yep, yeah, it's completely correct, um, and we we will we, we're happy to for it to be to be done. Well, HMRC will never ever give you uh, the thumbs up on any scheme, whatever. Never in, in in all my years have they ever done that. What they do is say, "Well, you send it in, and we'll see what we're going to do about it." <laughs> uh, so, you know, it, that's all. That's always the way they operate, but. As you've seen over the, over the years, there have been highly complicated schemes, including going offshore, getting footballers to sign things, all kinds of schemes. And they're very, very complicated. This isn't. This is just a standard application of standard accounting principles. It's a case of have you potentially got claims against you? Yep. Then you should put provisions into your account. Yep. This is basic stuff. This is not fancy. This is stuff that's been going on since accounts were drawn up. So, you know, it's, it's very straightforward. Every accountant that we've spoken to has gone, okay, fine, yeah, get that, see how that works, that's okay. And they've been happy to put the claims in. Uh, if they didn't think it was workable, they didn't think it would go through, then they wouldn't be wasting their time and their clients' money because that doesn't help anybody. Absolutely. I, and I suppose one of the things that you mentioned earlier about if it comes to sell your business or to get a valuation for your business the fact that this is a, a double-edged sword effectively isn't it if you're you're not compliant you get the benefits of the rebate but if you want to sell your business and you're not compliant actually um the lawyers can massively attack the value of your business for the same reason so it it's not a i suppose with the the offshore schemes you've mentioned there was only one benefit and very little detriment until such time as, as HMRC decided that yeah. they were going to draw a line under that. Um, whereas this this is a very much a double-edged sword, isn't it? You can get the benefit, but there is then very much an emphasis to make sure you can put it right and do put it right because yeah. it'll bite you in the ass yeah. further down the line. Well, that's it. Well, luckily, I've spoken to quite a few um, lawyers around the region about these issues. They have no idea. I mean, I'm sure my colleagues wouldn't. Well, like me for saying that, but this is new stuff. As you say, there are issues which still haven't been worked out by lots of lawyers. It's like um, one of them put it in terms of the Environmental Liability Act of 1990, believe it or not. They said they were buying and selling large pieces of land which had been industrial, so it's tainted with asbestos and lead and heavy metals and oil and all kinds. And what the buyers hadn't realized, and what the sellers hadn't realized, was they're buying the liability to clean up that land. So they were happy buying these huge pieces of land for millions of pounds. And then 10 years later, someone went, oh, hold on a second, this land's contaminated, you've got to clean it up, and it cost them fortunes. This is kind of the same in that the rules are there, but the lawyers haven't quite yet worked all the bits and pieces out. So what you don't want is in 10 years' time to have realized, oh, my God, we've built up 10 years of liabilities in this business. What you want to do is recognize that now, address it now, so you don't have 10 years of liabilities accruing in your business. You know, you want to make sure it's clean. So when the lawyers do get a grip on this, and they will eventually, you know, it's a case of, you know, I reckon you've got maybe two years that they go, oh, right, okay, 
Um, then when it comes along, they'll be going, right, you're not compliant, so you're not going to get anything for that business. We might just give you a quid. But your business actually is compliant, so we'll give you an awful lot of money for that one because that's a nice, clean business. So it depends what you want to be able to sell. If you don't want to sell your business at the end, then then fine. But if you see that as your retirement vehicle, fine. But it's not just about sale, is it? It's a case of if you were sued now by 10, 20, 30 customers, would you survive that? Yeah. And again, I guess it's it will expand as people get to know more about this this area of the law. It will yeah. become more prevalent. So getting finance for your business might be an issue because the banks might ask to see the paperwork that shows you're compliant because if they're going to lend you yeah. a loan for X, Y, and Z in your development strategy, um, but actually the reality is that pretty much all of it might end up having to be spent um, paying off compensation claims because you're not compliant then they might not give you that finance to begin with and yeah. all right the banks aren't doing that at the minute but i guess based <laughs> on what you're saying it's only a matter of time isn't it before they they cotton on to the realities and as soon as large numbers of claims start come to the fore it is actually going to be something that they're going to have to sit up and take notice of it is because they, they always have to put provisions in their books to cover the potential now if they got a you know 500,000 customers, then what's the chances of many of them getting out of business? But it's not just going out of business, it's the havoc. Already speaking to a few small businesses who are facing claims coming through, it's the havoc it causes. You know, it just drains all your time and energy and focus away from what you want to be doing, which is making your business better and growing it. And it just causes absolute mayhem. And nobody wants that. Yeah, the banks will eventually realize. Um, and part of you, you, you lending document normally says we the borrower warrant we comply with all laws that apply to our business well 99.9 percent of them can't actually hold their hand up and truthfully say that about gdpr and that normally allows the bank to then say well we're pulling the loan you know so if they look and say well actually not compliant give us our money back and where do you stand then again the chances of them doing that what are they they probably either increase the, the interest rate or ask you to pay half back or whatever but again it'll change the way you've planned your business but the, the interesting other side of it is there's been a report from a big international consultancy about the effects of gdpr becoming compliant and the result is if you become gdpr compliant your staff are happier they're more productive your customers are happier so they come to you more often so you end up with a more profitable business which is strange because most people think gdpr compliance is just a drag and a cost and a pain well it is but then you actually see a more profitable more valuable business the other side of it so Depends if you want to do that. Me going back to one of the points you made, which is yes, you can fix these issues. You know, if you if you start on the on the well, let's call it a journey. You know, because it is you can't just do it overnight. It'll take you a while. And once you've got yourself compliant, you need to keep compliant because things are always changing. Um, you can fix these issues. You know, so it's a case of oh my god, it's too much. I'm just going to bury my head in the sands. No, don't do that. You, you, it can be fixed. You know, you can resolve these things. Like anything else in business, it's just deciding you want to do it. And on the basis that Ian has just given you some absolutely sound advice in uh, being able to get back some money for your business um, for not being compliant with GDPR, and we've already mentioned the uh, double-edged sword that is if you don't then become compliant, A, the problem only gets bigger, and B, it might come bite you back on the bottom uh, further down the line and um, it seems like a good time to say that uh, with some of that cash that you may have received 
um, it's very well worth investing in becoming GDPR compliant uh, by using the uh, Data Guardsman products that, that you've created, which is a fantastic way of doing it. And it's 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 very much geared towards businesses of all size, from a, a one-man band to, to the much bigger outfits. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we, we can do both sides. For our consultancy side, we will do the report that will help you get your corporation tax back. And then if you want to become compliant, Data Guardsman is a do-yourself self-help online interactive tool, as we like to call it, which help you become compliant. Um, it's made for small to medium-sized businesses who, who can't really justify the cost of their own data privacy officer. Um, which can be quite expensive, but it allows the business to become compliant at its own pace. Um, again, it just asks very simple business-based questions, gives you business-based things to do, so anyone can do it. Fantastic. And uh, where can they find this product online so that they can check out more information about it and indeed about the uh, the, the consultancy that you just mentioned as well? Yeah, uh, well, the consultancy, if you want to get your corporation tax claim in, then it's just email me directly, which is Ian S, which you'll get F ready at privacyconsultants.uk. Uh, as for Data Guardsman, it's www.dataguardsman.co.uk. Fantastic. I highly recommend it, guys. He is the Don Juan of the GDPR universe. Um, and as you've just heard, uh, there are lots of benefits from getting advice from the experts. And I definitely think this is probably one of those topics that uh, isn't really worth trying to fudge yourself. <laughs> definitely not, no. No, absolutely not. Uh, so, no, we're happy to help. Um, it's a no-win-no-fee structure for getting your corporation tax back. So we'll do all the work, work with your accountants, and if nothing comes back, we don't get a penny. Brilliant. Fantastic. Well, Ian, thank you very much for joining us. It, it, that's been a fascinating show. I'm sure there's going to be plenty of people who will probably suddenly realise that uh, they might want to get in touch with the GDPR expert for the first time. <laughs> that's what, That's nice. I don't bite, as you know, Mark. Um, <laughs> so it'll be nice to have a chat with people. If you want to have a natter, we'll just send them the information pack and they can make up their own mind in their own time. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much for joining us, Ian. That's, uh, that's been brilliant. Uh, as I said at the outset, you can uh, you can get this show and all the previous shows on thepodstation.co.uk. Uh, you can find links there to all the major podcast platforms. If you would like to come on, if you have a, an amazing nugget of advice that uh, you can share with the world, much the same as Ian's just done today, then if you send an email to spotlight at thepodstation.co.uk, uh, we can try and get you booked in to do a recording uh, so uh, thank you very much Ian uh, it's been brilliant to speak to you again and uh, go and get yourself a nice cold drink and uh, kick out in that garden <laughs> with the sunshine we're going to, going to do that right now thanks Mark it's been fun as ever take really? care alright cheers bye now see you now bye if you'd like to submit your business to be on the show simply email spotlight at thepodstation.co.uk or message us on social media at the Station on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn and Twitter.